You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Okay, everybody, we've all heard the news. We're all sad. We're all disappointed. And we're, for the most part, we're all shocked. Um, James Dolan has just relieved Jeff Gordon and John Davidson of their their duties, front office. Um, They just released a statement. Uh, James Dolan said, we want to thank JD and Jeff for their contributions to the organization. They're both great hockey professionals who worked hard for the Rangers. However, in order for the team to succeed in the manner our fans deserve, there needs to be a change in leadership. Chris is a very sought after, and he's talking about Chris Drury, by the way. Chris is a very sought after executive and a strong leader who has proven himself to be one of the top young minds in hockey. We are confident he will effectively guide the team to ensure the long-term success we promised Rangers fans. Listen. Jeff Gordon sent out a letter in 2018 saying that he's going to rebuild the team. And since then, with the addition of John Davidson as president to the front office, they've preached patience. And all of us Rangers fans have have been compliant. We've been patient for like the first time in our lives, no matter how frustrated we've gotten. And we're fine with what our on-ice product is. And then for James Dolan, who doesn't ever, ever, ever get involved with hockey, to just step in and say, no, I don't like the direction this team is headed. You guys are both gone. It's a slap in the face, honestly. Um, so we're joined by Stat Boy Steven. Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna completely like do this off the cuff here. Uh, I already made like a, a reaction on my Instagram page. I don't know where Kiarakos is right now, um, but Stephen, why don't you give us your thoughts? What, were, what was going through your head when you heard the news? The, it's Look, it's been a crazy week for Ranger fans. Um, a crazy two weeks. You know, you lose some players to injury. You get shut out twice by the Islanders, which a lot of Ranger fans are upset about, and I understand. Then you play the Capitals where Tom Wilson gets away with uh, attempted murder, basically. Um, quick side note here. Uh, Shane Gostis beer was suspended for two games today for a uh, cross-check to the back on, I think, Friedman. But Tom Wilson can just body slam Panarin without a helmet on, head first into the ice and get away with it. Um and then the Rangers come out with this amazing statement. Like the Ranger social media has been, how do I say this politely? Underwhelming ever since they started. They, uh-huh. they never really do anything where I think, oh, great, I agree with that. Or, hey, that's a good move. No, they're, they're very, um, yeah, very 
safe. They're very I safe think, social media account. I you think know? underwhelming they, is a good way to describe it, but continue. Go ahead. Yeah. They, they never take any risks. They never partake in, you know, those fun little Twitter engagements that other teams do, which makes it fun to follow them, you know? Anyway, um, they uh, released a statement against the NHL, against the Department of Player Safety, basically calling for the NHL to fire George Peros, which, brilliant. How does a goon like Peros, how is that guy in charge of player safety? I compared it the other day to putting Stalin in charge of human rights violations. You don't, you don't have a guy like that in charge of something that he caused his entire life. That, oh makes, that, makes, that makes no freaking sense. I'm not comparing Paris to Stalin. I'm just saying you cannot have a player like Paris in charge of player safety and think it's a good idea. That just doesn't make any sense. You know, the other day I, I, I tweeted, I, I responded to your tweet about, you know, when you were recording your podcast, like to ask questions or whatever. And I said, give us one of your rational ice cold takes. That right there is one of the iciest cold takes we've ever heard. Honestly, that, that that that's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Why look, Peros in here? Like, I'm I, I'm a big fan of analogies. Uh, the NHL sucks at selling their product. They couldn't sell a bottle of water in the desert. Um, this organization, this league, has made so many mistakes over the last couple of years. But having George Peros in charge of this and having Tom Wilson get away with what he did on Monday sparked such an outrage that not just Ranger fans were upset. Islander fans. Devils fans, Bruins fans, every fan base except the Capitals fan base had a problem with what Tom Wilson did. You had Dan Carcillo, Sean Avery, uh, John Scott, uh, Jeremy Roenick all speak out against what, what Tom Wilson did. This has nothing to do with hockey. The Rangers released a statement, which I was shocked. I was shocked by the statement, but I was fully behind the statement. It was one of the first... One of the few times I actually felt the Rangers made a statement that I fully agree with. And then today, there's this news that, that comes out, and it's not the news that we expected. We expected Mason Geertsen to be called up because they have to answer somehow. The game's going to start in, what, an hour and 15 minutes? Um, but no, it's Jeff Gordon and John Davidson being fired, and it's just, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. And, and there are reports that it's because Dolan is not happy with how fast the rebuild's going, which makes no freaking sense to me because I tweeted this earlier. Compared to the rebuilds that the LA Kings, the Boston Bruins, Chicago Blackhawks, Pittsburgh Penguins did, we are ahead of those schedules, all of them. We have a better win percentage at the same time in the rebuild than those four teams. Hmm. So the rebuild is already going faster than expected. We had back-to-back lottery wins, which helped. We managed to trade for Adam Fox and Artemi Panarin, which, yeah, they wanted to be here, but still, you know, you need, still need to add those players. I think the Rangers are fine where they are. And then there's other reports that it has something to do with something else. And look, I've been thinking about this a lot, and there are so many scenarios and theories going through my head, but the one that I keep coming back to is that Dolan wanted to, wanted to change Maybe Dolan saw how the Rangers did with not block behind the bench and he wanted to change behind the bench and maybe Gordon refused to fire Quinn and then JD refused to fire Gordon. And if you cannot, if you cannot have your subordinates follow your recommendations or your requests, I guess the next step is to fire them. 
I mean, yes, but I, I wanted to say one thing about Paros first is I think the last time Wilson got suspended that hit against Carlo, it came <laughs> out that supposedly he didn't even want to suspend him for that. And Bettman uh, came after him and said, like, no, like, this is a bad look. We need to suspend this player for this action. And, and like, it, it, it's been shown time and time again that Paros is definitely not um, the person for this job. Um, but it, I think I think the whole thing is is so messed up. Like, I, I agree. Like, our rebuild, like, no one, no one can go against that argument. Like, our rebuild is one of the fastest and most successful rebuilds in all of, like, sports history, to be honest with you. Like, yep. this is one of the quickest rebuilds of any team. And I don't get, like, the, the impatience from Dolan, honestly. Because that's what it look, is. Look, it, uh, I haven't said this on Twitter yet, but this whole, everything that happened in the last few hours, it doesn't feel like something Dolan would do. It feels like something Glenn Sather would do. And yeah. he is the advisor to Dolan. Oh, hold on. Sorry, my girlfriend was calling me on Skype. Um, I'll call her back after this. Um, uh, and you know this is something Glenn say that would do he's advising Dolan so I, I think there's just several things in play here there's probably maybe the performance maybe the fact that the Rangers got shut out by the Islanders four times this season and I had to look it up the last time the Rangers were shut out four times by the same team was 1955 in a single season so let that sink in for a second um, and then against your biggest rival for most people living in New York, um, all these things combined. Yeah, the season had his, his its ups and downs, but let's also not forget about you know the facts that Gordon and Quinn and JD had no influence on Zibanejad battling COVID the first fifteen games. If he plays the entire season the way he's been playing the last two months, the Rangers are probably ahead of the Bruins and the Islanders in the standings. Yeah. The Rangers have Panarin, Zibanejad, Strom, and Buchnevich all playing the best hockey of their careers the last couple of weeks. They have Adam Fox, who's playing like a Norris candidate. He should win the Norris Trophy. You have Kako and Lafreniere, who you can say have been underwhelming, but that's not the player's fault. You could say that's coaching, maybe. Maybe it's the situation we're in. But this team, it's one of the youngest teams in the league, and they are they were in the playoff hunt until the last week of the season in the toughest division in the league. If they were in any other division, they're in the playoffs. So if this is all about performance and this, if this is all about missing the playoffs, then Dolan doesn't understand hockey at all. Yeah. It's a very impulsive decision. I'd say it's either an impulsive decision or there's something else that we have no idea is happening behind closed doors. And I think honestly, I'm I'm starting to side with that because why would you fire your the guys who built the team with their bare hands, put mm-hmm. their on ice product, and it hasn't been terrible. You know, you don't do this to guys that 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 build a team like this. Yeah. This is something you do to like the Sabers or a team that that can't get over the hump, like the Blues, that, like when they couldn't get past the second or the third round, or the Capitals when they were struggling to get past the second round. This is not something you do to a rebuilding team. And, and, and there might be other factors. Like I said, there might be some other factors that are more that, that impact this decision more than the on-ice performance. Because honestly, the on-ice performance is fine to me. But if you look at the last three, four years, there have been 
quite a few incidents with players, with high profile players on this team, and especially young players. And all these incidents on their own are just incidents. You know, you can, you can rub them off, you, you, can, you can shove them aside and say, you know, this is on the player. In each individual, in a vacuum, each individual situation, you can say, this is on the player, this is not an organizational issue. But all those things combined, like Leas Andersson's issues, where he went back to Sweden, he doesn't do that for no reason. Vitaly Krovsov openly complaining about lack of communication. Capo Kako openly complaining on a Finnish podcast about how the coaching made, made him insecure and made him fear, uh, fear for, for being benched every time he was on the ice. Brendan Lemieux asking for a trade. The D'Angelo situation, which everyone's aware of. Um, Lafreniere is, is not really performing the way we were hoping. Maybe something's going on there. I don't know. But all these things combined point to maybe a bigger issue. And the way Julian Gauthier has been, the way, the way Julian Gauthier has been uh, managed this season, I don't agree with. Maybe there's something there, but that might be an issue as well. And the on ice, the on ice product can be good, but if the players in the locker room are not happy with upper management, then that could that could force something as well. And the Rangers played really well when Chris Knoblock was behind the bench. They had the 9-0 win, the 8-3 win. They were firing on all cylinders with that guy behind the bench. And there was something different about this team when, when that guy was behind the bench. They, they didn't seem to worry about being benched. They didn't seem to, to, to worry about making, making a play. They were, it's, it's like the coaches said, go out there and play, and they did. And maybe that two-week period where they were just – Maybe it felt like a vacation for them. Maybe it felt like the pressure was finally off. And then Quinn comes back. Maybe the pressure was on them again. So if it's a problem with the coaching staff, why are you firing the, the GM? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, just veto their decision. If they, like, if you, if Dolan tells them, look, you got to fire Quinn and they don't. Just the, thing is, the thing is, if, if you as an owner come over the top of your president and your general manager to fire the coach, it becomes a very difficult uh, working situation. That's fair. And maybe, maybe, there, maybe there have been conversations between Dolan and Gordon and, and John Davidson about certain things where they disagree. And at the end of the day, we have to accept that Dolan's the owner. No one's going to vote him out. Um, so whatever he wants is going to happen. And if, if he wants something and the general manager and president are not on the same page, then you create a, a work environment that's that's not ideal. And the other thing he said about Drury is also true. Drury has been approached by several teams the last couple of months. Uh, the Sabres and the Penguins off the top of my head, and there must have been other teams too. He's a sought-after com uh, hot commodity in the NHL. Um, Drury is respected around the league. He has connections. He's worked his way up. He's the perfect candidate to take over from Jeff Gordon. Yes, I'm I'm a little bit upset that Jeff Gordon's gone because I think he's done a good job. But if you replace Jeff Gordon with Chris Drury, that that lessens the pain a little bit, if you know what I mean. Right. I have all so, the faith in the world that Drury's going to do a good job. I'm just I wasn't ready yeah. to let go of Gordon though. He's one of the better executives. And now watch like a team like the Islanders maybe pick him up or something like that, or a team God forbid the Penguins pick him up. That that'll be a nightmare. Like I think 
the my problem with it is I think that that JD and Gordon gave a really good identity to this squad, and I think that they they brought that kind of trust the process kind of mm-hmm. atmosphere to this team, and like everyone knew kind of where the direction of the team was going, but now. I think it's a little different, especially with Dolan coming out saying like he wants to change our our kind of environment for more of like a skill based to a will based. And like now it's kind of you're stuck in limbo and no one really knows the direction of the squad. And I think it puts everyone really in in a not good situation. Yeah. And, you know, look, I, I just I just want people in those positions that know what they're doing. And right after the news came out that Gordon and JD were fired. Larry Brooks was uh, uh, wrote something that Mark Messier was, was the front runner to be the new team president. And look, look, I, I, I know that fans love Messier and there's no denying that he changed the course of this franchise when he arrived as a player in 1991. We can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Without Messier, this team doesn't have a cup since 1940. Without Messier, Brian Leach, Mike Richter, and Adam Graves do not have their numbers up in the rafters at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. He, was, he was a great player. He's a hero to this franchise. He should have a statue outside of Madison Square Garden. Having said that, Messier has zero experience in any capacity that will make him qualified for a position like team president or even general manager or even head coach. It's, those are not entry-level job positions. Those are not positions you roll into without any experience. The Coyotes hired Wayne Gretzky a few years ago uh, as their head coach, and it was a disaster. disaster. Right. It was a complete <laughs> yeah. disaster. It was, it was awful. And this is, nothing, look, this is nothing against Marc Messier as a person or Marc Messier, what he did as a player. I'm just saying when you hire someone, the Rangers are a $1.6 billion company. Their, their net worth is $1.6 billion. You don't put someone in charge who has zero experience. You need someone with experience who knows either the organization or what the job entails, preferably both. If, if, if you can just pick up anyone from the street, which in essence Messier is, because in, in, in terms of being a team president, he has no experience, that, that's not the right way to go. And, and Ranger fans need to separate what Messier did as a player from what, sep- from what Messier can do for this organization moving forward. I think Messier could play a big role, but if you look at what Messier has done since he retired as a player, um, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not like he did nothing, but he, he was a consultant. And consultant's easy. All you have to do as a consultant is say, eh, I don't agree with that. I would have done it differently. Right. You have no responsibility. You have no accountability. No one's going to fire you for giving your opinion. That, that's being a consultant is meaningless. It's like if, if people watch the office, it's like being assistant to the regional manager. There's no responsibility. There's no accountability. You know, it's a made up position. It's, it's just to make you look good. If, if Messier wants to be the team president, in my opinion, he's, he needs to work his way up. You know, you start somewhere, you work your way up. You know who has done this? Chris Drury. Mm-hmm. When he retired as a player, he started, he made his intentions known. He has the experience. He was general manager of Team USA. He was an assistant general manager in this organization for several years. He was promoted to associate general manager last year. If you make him general manager and at the same time team president, fine by me. You can have those two positions being filled by the same, by the same person. In my personal opinion, I think John Davidson was too involved in the daily operations of the Rangers anyway. Um, I think it took away a little bit of what Jeff Gordon was trying to do, but that's a different discussion. But 
Messier should not be in a position where he's managing a billion dollar company. That's just not, like I said, that's, that's, that's not a job position you just roll into. My job experience is as relevant as Mark Messier's for that position. <laughs> I, okay. I, I completely a hundred percent agree with your takes on, you know, on, on, on Messier for, for presidency of the, of the Rangers. I think he in, in some capacity deserves a spot, at least on the coat on the bench, I don't think he That's should, and but like I would like to see him as a coach or an assistant coach, someone to run the power play, get rid of one of the, one of our, our guys behind the bench that runs the power play or whatever. Or, or, and by me, in a supporting role, in a supporting role, a guy like Messier can be great value to this organization. Exactly, exactly. That's all I want to see. I don't want to see. I don't need him to be the head coach or the president. I just want to see him involved in the organization because he's done so much and he deserves the respect. I don't. Yeah, the one- I don't want this disrespect for. If, if, if it was purely performance uh, based, like why they why Dolan fired these guys, why couldn't you have waited the, the, the three games and, and gave them some respect like you did for Alan Vigneault? This is so it's so disrespectful to, to what they've done to, to uh, building this team just to say, all right, yeah, you're done. Just like that. It's so like, I don't even know, premature, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, look, there's also there's also a possible scenario where where Gordon and Davidson decided to step away themselves and they they decided to fire them so they get a severance. I don't know. I don't know. But something something happened in this organization and this is a massive shakeup that you do not want in the middle of a rebuild. Let's, let's be real here. If, if all the fire Quinn people were proposed with the scenario like this, this one we have in front of us right now, like Okay, the Rangers fire Quinn, but you have to fire Jeff Gordon and John Davidson. Would they still take that? If it meant firing Quinn, would they still do it? And that's, that's, I'm not too sure a lot of them would accept that, honestly. Mm-hmm. See, okay, so firing Jeff Gordon kind of sucks. Replacing Jeff Gordon with Chris Drury, that's that's a different discussion. That's that that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's just it's crazy though, because they're giving up, they're just giving up on one of the better executives. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just thinking of all those trades he fleeced every we gave up a bag of pucks literally for Adam Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Jeff Gordon has made some good trades. But when I think of Jeff Gordon's good trades, I think Brassard and a seventh round pick. That's for what I was just going to say that one. I was just going to say that one. This trade, in my opinion, is actually better. Uh, Rick Nash at the deadline. That was a great deal, yeah. For several assets, including a first round pick, Ryan Lindgren, and Ryan Spooner, he later converted into Ryan yeah. Strom. Spooner for Strom is insane, too. How, ba- how, about back in, how about back in the day, he traded Andrew Raycroft for Tuka Rask? That's, or or, or better, that's, better yet, better yet, he traded Nick Holden for a third-round pick. The third-round pick was Joey Keane. Yep. Joey Keane for Julian Gauthier, former first-round pick. Yep. Um, he, um, he traded a fourth-round pick for Adam McQuaid, used him for a season, and they got a fourth-round pick from Columbus at the end of that season. He basically got a free trial run. Yeah, exactly. For, for Adam McQuaid. He's made some really good trades. But the Adam Fox trade, look, yes, it was a good trade from a value perspective. But let's be real. Adam Fox wanted to be a Ranger. It that's, was, yeah, okay. All right. It's, yeah, probably a tra- it's probably a trade that other GMs would have made in the same People, position. Again, this is, this is the rational side. Yeah. There's no bias with Steven. 
with me, that's all bias, honestly. Uh, bias. Signing Panarin, love it, but the guy wanted to play for the Rangers. Yep. Um, yep. Same with Shattenkirk. I'm not saying that this is something against Jeff Gordon. I'm just saying that if I think of Jeff Gordon's okay. best trades, I'm thinking of the Rick Nash and the Dara Brassard trades that he okay. made. Okay, but if that's your argument, though, then when St. Louis was vocal about wanting to play in New York and we, and Glenn Sather traded our captain for him, he traded our captain for Marty St. Louis who played two, two years, two, three years, two years after yeah. that. Like, yes, he wanted to come, but he made those deals happen and he gave away very minimal pieces for it. Whereas Glenn Sather literally blew up his squad. I mean, when you give up two first round picks and Ryan Callahan. Yeah. The thing that annoys me the most about that trade, by the way, is that, this was in 2014, right? When we yeah. traded to St. Louis. We traded a second round pick that was conditional that would turn into a first round pick if we made it to the conference finals. You remember this, right? Yes. Right. It was converted. Okay. Right. Fast forward four years. We trade with the Tampa Bay Lightning again. They give us a first round pick, but now the condition is to have to win a Stanley Cup for it to come become a first round pick. It shouldn't have been that. It should have been that, final. That always annoyed me that the condition for the pick that came our way four years later was so much <laughs> More difficult to achieve. But we're getting off track here. You know, Jeff Gordon is a good general manager. He's part of what made the Boston Bruins a perennial contender for over a decade and got them to three Stanley Cup finals, of which they won one. He did, a, in my opinion, a good job here in New York. He put the right people in the right positions. Uh, yeah, he got a little bit lucky. He won two draft lotteries. But look at the 2018 draft. You walk away with Kraftsoff, Miller, and Lundqvist. Dude, incredible. The, the 2018 draft is amazing. And you get Laurie Payuniemi in the fifth round. Yep. That, that 2018 draft is amazing. That's, that's probably Gordon's best draft as a Rangers general manager. And I'm confident in the, in, the, in the drafting, in the scouting department going forward too, because Drury was director of player personnel, wasn't he? Uh, whatever that role is, director of player scouting or something like that, something like that. I think so. Before he became a general manager, I mean, yes, yes, he, yeah, he yeah. had some other role like that with with personnel or scouting, yeah. and you yeah. know, he knows he knows what's up there. So yeah, I, so, there. I think Jeff Gordon is going to be picked up by a team within weeks. Yeah, easily. Buffalo should probably pick him up. Honestly, if, if, if Buffalo Buffalo needs him, yes. John Davidson, I don't know. The guy, the guy's pushing 70. Is he, is he going to want to do this all over again with another back team? Into the booth. I think we'll he might just be honest. Oh, can, can you imagine if he just goes back into the booth, replaces Sam Rosen? <laughs> no. Have all three, Sam Joe. No. Sam Joe <laughs> have, yeah, have all three. You know, make it a party. Um, no, I, I don't think John Davidson is going to want to do this all over again with another team. I think he came in two years ago. Which is crazy. He only came in two years ago. Oh yeah, and now he's gone. He came in two years ago, and with the intention of bringing the Rangers a cup. Yeah, and it was it was like coming home for him. You know, this was the team that he played for. This was the team that he was part of the broadcast. He was in the broadcast booth for how long? Long? Like I don't even know how long he many, was. Many many years. Many many years. I, I just I remember he was there in '94 because every time I watched those '94 videos. Yep. It's Sam Rosen and John Davidson. Um, oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, in, exactly. So I don't think he's, he's going to be – he's going to go to a different team to do this all over again. But Jeff Gordon's going to be picked up by a team within within minutes. I just hate that, like, 
in this stage of our rebuild, there shouldn't be like too many questions going forward. And I think that now there's, especially going into the off season, there's so many questions. Are we going to shake up our roster? Are we going to fire Quinn? Um, like, like there's so many different, like fa- who are we going to hire as president? Like there's just so many that's- different like factors that like nobody knows. Yeah. That's, I wanted to talk about like the, 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 the roster thing, like the people, the argument about the size thing, Guys, Tom Wilson, there's only one Tom Wilson in the NHL. Maybe two, Brad mm-hmm. Mar- if you include Brad Marchand. You're not, you're not going to build a team just to combat that one player that you play like however many times in a year. And this is, this, is, this is one of the points that I always bring up. I don't mind adding physicality to the team as long as it, it is not the player's defining attribute. Right. Yeah. Like, I, 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 physical, but he could score yeah. goals. I'm all for adding a guy like Matthew Kachuk, who is physical, but also helps you win games. Yeah. He's, he's a bit, he's a bit of a punk though, but I, I get what you're saying. He's I a bit like of a punk, him. but uh, prime Wayne Simmons would have been the perfect. Oh, fit for the Rangers yeah, team. exactly. You know, um, actually, you know what, let me bring this question. Let me bring this question up to you because I would like to hear what you think. I, I Kyriakos and I have been talking about this and I feel like, I feel like the Rangers regret signing, regret trading Zuccarello and uh, signing Kreider to the extension. I think it should have been the other way around. I think they should have kept Zuccarello, named him captain, and traded Kreider a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the choice was Kreider or Hayes, and I think they should have gone with Hayes. Okay, okay. But Zuccarello... Zuccarello... Look at what he's doing on, on with that young squad in Minnesota this year. True, true. Last time I um, checked, it was 31 points in 37 games played. And you know how yeah. he plays. It's all heart. Yes, but the thing is, if they, if they don't trade away Zuccarello, then they don't have the money to sign Panera. Really? Because you would be giving him the same contract as Kreider, right? He signed $6 million per year, right? And then you wouldn't have to give Yeah, him okay, but Kreider was a year later, of course. Kreider was... Yeah. Sign- 2020 so you would have gotten a little I've bit been, of value back in a trade but that's all theoretical i've been against the Kreider extension from the day it was announced and again like nothing against the person chris Kreider or the player chris Kreider. i think he's been a great ranger for the last decade and i have some very fond memories of of some of his goals he's he's been instrumental to this team making it to the Stanley Cup final in 2014, winning the President's Trophy in 2015. He's been here longer than anyone else on the team. But the Rangers did not need to sign Kreider to an extension. It was, in my opinion, the wrong move. Um, What amplified that was that, of course, a couple of months later, you win the draft lottery, you get Alexi Lafreniere. But even without Alexi Lafreniere, Chris Kreider is not the type of player that ages well. If you look at Ryan Callahan, you know, and Chris Kreider and also Wayne Simmons, those are the type of players that don't really age well after 30. Um, whereas a guy like Panarin, if Panarin is, 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 if his contract is up at age 35 or age 34, I have no problem signing him to an extension for another five years at all. Sign him until he's 40 because he's the type of player that ages well. Yeah. Like, like Jager did. Jager didn't rely on his physicality alone to get by and his speed. And <sighs> the Chris Kreider extension hurt, but the flat cap made it worse. Right. Yeah, it was flat just cap made everything worse. It was just it was just the, 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 everybody. 
the Crider extension was was 50-50 on the day it was announced. And then the perfect storm happened where you get end the flat cap and you draft Alexi Lafreniere. So now you have to play Crider on the third line because you want to give your first overall pick a top six, uh, top six minutes, right? So now you have a guy making six, $6.5 million playing on your third line, which the Penguins won two cups that way with Phil Kessel. But he signed for, what, six more years? Yeah. Yep. I think he signed for seven years, right? Actually, yeah, yeah. For seven, yeah. yeah. So it starts... That's, yeah, that's uh, 2024 is going to be an interesting offseason because Kreider and Truba will have their no-move clauses expire that summer. Right. So we'll see what happens. You, but. Know, you know who's put in a funny situation? Like prior to all the firing and everything, even after <laughs> with the Tom Wilson thing, I think Lundqvist is put in a in a very weird position now. Um, as a oh player. no, Lundqvist, Lundqvist ending his career on on the team that the Ranger fans hate most that one season. <laughs> that's awkward. <laughs> That's, that's that's very awkward. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and and like, who? I don't know what he's gonna do next season. Um, I mean, we do have some spots open in our upper management if if he's looking. Um, but it's no, like, no, 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 no. I just I just spent ten minutes explaining why that's I'm not gonna do it again. Well, yeah, yeah. Don't don't go on on board with that. Give him some. Give him some time. Like. I never Whenever Benoit Lair is ready to retire. He could groom him. He could be like the assistant goalie coach. Oh yeah. Let him, let, sorry. Sorry. Assistant goalie consultant. Assistant, assistant to the goalie coach. Assistant <laughs> to the goalie coach. Yes. And then learn from there. And then whatever he's ready, just go ahead. But yeah. Benoit Lair isn't retiring. Anytime look, and look, former players can have amazing value for teams. The Washington Capitals uh, hired Michael Pekka to help their centers win face-offs. And Evgeny Kuznetsov came out in an interview saying that Michael Pekka has helped him tremendously and he feels much more comfortable on face-offs. Great player, yeah. Yeah, why can't the Rangers do that with Dominic Moore? Yep. I would love that. I love him. I would love that. You drafted him. He came back to the Rangers after playing all over the place. And after he lost it, he played for the San Jose Sharks when his wife passed away, right? I and then think. afterwards, he came back to the Rangers. Yes, yes. I'm pretty sure Dominic Moore would would be would be happy to be part of the Rangers organization. Oh my god, that, I would I would love that honestly. In 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 the right capacity, a former player can have his value. I, Chris Drury as the president makes sense because he worked his way up. Henrik Lundqvist, I'm pretty sure they can they can find a position for him, but don't make him president. <laughs> don't 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 like disrespect. Don't disrespect the the the, the, the position. The, the position, yeah. Like they're, they're guys, like yeah. You can't disrespect them for the like. If he comes and asks for a job in the organization, just give him something. Give him a let him talk with Steve Valquet or something like that. Just don't dismiss him. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you can have a segment on MSG called the go the goalie matchup. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> or the goalie tandem where where Lundqvist and Valquet are discussing. The saves of the game, or something. You can right. think. You can. You can. One on. last thing I wanted to talk about. You got you, uh, Stephen. You you brought up like you know how the Rangers felt more relaxed under under Knobloch. Mm-hmm. Now I'm starting to feel like you know a coaching change wouldn't be such a bad idea. Last time we talked, I was like still kind of like you know trust the process. Quinn's gonna be fine mm-hmm. or whatever, but I don't know if his offensive system is the way to go. 
Look, I, I feel that Gordon and JD are not the last casualties in, in this calendar year uh, for the Rangers. Okay. If they, if they want to make a coaching change, it does make sense to, if, if, if Dolan is dealing with this, with these issues now, where his president and general manager are not on board with him replacing the coach, you want to hire a new general manager and president first before you replace the head coach because you want that new person to be in charge of hiring your new coach. Right. Because you, you, you don't want Jeff Gordon hiring a new coach and then Jeff Gordon leaves in the summer and they have a general manager who's not on the same page with your head coach again. So re- replacing changes in management in, should come from above and trickle down in this case. Yeah, it sucks for JD and Gordon, but if this is the way forward, I guess it makes sense to hire a general manager first, and then let that new general manager hire a new coach. So yeah, yeah. I definitely, I definitely think there was uh, like something like you're saying where um, Dolan wanted Quinn gone, and maybe something there were bun heads there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely still think that Dolan is is very impatient with the progress that he's seeing. And I think that he definitely wants to maybe change the roster a little bit. And with that being said, do you see a kind of bigger push for an Eichel trade this summer because of that? Yeah. So just let me circle back quickly to uh, the, the Drury thing. Drury was also behind the bench with Chris Knobloch in the two week span where Quinn was on the COVID list. Yes. Yes. So Drury was right there with the players. He was right there behind the bench. He had, he had the perfect opportunity to witness what's going on. So maybe that played into it as well. This off season, I think trade trades are going to happen. Yeah. They have to, they have to, they have to do something. They have to make a shakeup. I think, I think Eichel is going to leave Buffalo, but the LA Kings should be able to put together a package that can rival ours. So we'll see. Maybe, and this is what general managers always do, and and it's stupid because it never works. General managers refuse to trade a player within their own conference. Okay. Like so when they don't want him to come back and bite them in the ass. When the Ottawa Senators traded Mike Hoffman to the San Jose Sharks, and then the San Jose Sharks turn around an hour later and, and send him to the Florida Panthers <laughs> for a bigger package. That was that's all that's my go-to example of why general managers are idiots. Because you you trade him for the best package. But maybe uh, who's who's the general manager now in Buffalo? Is it Adams? Kevin Adams? Y- yes, yes. Yeah. Kevin maybe Adams. Kevin Adams thinks like an old general manager and doesn't want to trade him within the conference and he goes to LA, but the Rangers are going to make some changes. They're going to either sign some, some physical, more physical guys to, to answer the call in free agency, or they're going to make a trade. I think if it's going to be a trade, I don't think it's going to be Eichel. I think it's going to be a trade similar to what they did with Gabrick back in 2013. They, in 2013, they traded Marion Gabrick to Columbus and they got Derek, Derek Dorsett and John Moore in exchange for Marion Gabrick. This was right after they, they traded for Rick Nash and they tried that superstar line with Nash, Richards and Gabrick and it never worked. They, they traded away Gabrick for three pieces that solidified their team. And I think that's the type of trade that the Rangers might make this summer where they trade someone like Bucinevich for three slightly smaller pieces 
that will balance this team a little bit more. I like the idea, but I don't like the idea of Buchnevich going. <laughs> Once you said Buch, I was shaking my head. <laughs> you have to, you have to give up. You have to give up quality to get quality. So if you're giving up Kreider for something like that. Hell yeah, I'm on board with that. Look, I I would trade Kreider before Buchnevich, but he has a no move clause. So that's true. Yeah, I do think Kreider will be gone in in, in two or three years because there are some teams where you could you could persuade Kreider to waive his no-move clause. You know, there's teams that are in locations where there is a favorable tax situation. Uh, the Dallas Stars, <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Tampa Bay Lightning in two, three years are all going to be in a position where they need to replace one of their older aging wingers, Max Pacioretty in Vegas, uh, Joe Pavelski in Dallas, and mm-hmm. Yanni Gord in Tampa. Kreider is the perfect replacement for all three of them. Yeah. So maybe yep. in a year or two, they can work on something with Kreider. And yes, a no-move clause is designed for a player to have control of his future. And most of the time, this player stays in place. But there are examples of players waiving their no-move clause. Marion Gabrick waived his to go to Columbus. And a year later, he won a cup with LA. So who knows? Um, Rangers. But if the Rangers are going to make a trade this, this offseason, I think it's going to be Bucinevich for a package that's going to balance this team out a little bit. So it's going to be a winger to replace Bucinevich, and then they're going to move up Kako and Kravtsov in the lineup. So it's going to be a third, a third line winger uh, to play, and then maybe a more physical center, maybe a two-way center to take away some of the defensive responsibilities of Zibanejad. And maybe a defenseman on the left side to bring some experience to our blue line. Because if Niels Lundqvist is coming over this summer, the only guy over 20, over 22 is going to be Jacob Truba on that team. So they need, they need some experience on that team. And a guy on the left side who, who brings some experience to the blue line is, is something we need to bridge the gap until guys like Jones or Roberts or Schneider are ready. So that's that's the type of trade I foresee. Not necessarily the big splash for a guy like Eichel, but a balanced trade to uh, to add some some depth pieces. Yeah, I think I I could see it happening. Honestly, well, that's all from us. So in a nutshell, this was a very very terrible day for Rangers fans. It's just you know heartbreaking, honestly, and you know it rivals it rivals the. The Tom Seaver Midnight Massacre trade in like 1973 when the Mets traded Tom Seaver, their franchise, to the Reds at midnight, you know, without anyone knowing. Um, Honestly, I I wasn't alive back then, obviously, so I I wouldn't know what the outrage was then, but the outrage has been pretty clear to all of us here. There are some uh, silver linings with you know, Chris Drury in, and, you know, if, if you want Quinn gone, it looks like he could be fired by the end of the season, but, you know, time will tell. Just, let's just be happy that we have someone that's competent in in the front office, I guess you could say. I'm, I, yeah, I'm happy that Drury is going to take over, because if it was Messier, I was honestly worried we were going to make some Tony Amonti level trades, where you trade away your, your best offensive prospects for some some physical fourth liners that are gone in a year or two right, anyway. just to win a cup for one yeah. we're not trying to win yeah one, i mean to win four 
five, six. Yes. Look, look, I know the Amonti trade worked because we won a cup in 94, but it basically ruined our chances for the rest of the decade. Yeah. You gave up a player that would have made you a contender for a decade. Tony Amonti, to this day, is still the last Rangers draft pick to score at least 60 points for the Rangers in a single season. Last forward. Rangers draft pick to score 60 points. Yeah. Wow. The only Ranger forwards that, the the only forwards drafted by the Rangers that have put up 60 points for other teams since then are, (laughs) I think, Mark Savard and JT Miller. Wow. And I don't think Hugh Jessamine got anywhere close to that, I don't think. No, no. (laughs) Hugh Jessamine, he he couldn't even put up 60 in the Austrian League. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, well, that's all from us, Stephen. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us again. We'll have to do this again. I was talking yeah. with Kiriako, so you know, how about after the draft? We sure. Is the picks? That would be great. Sure. All right, take care, everyone, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, the games don't disappoint you as much as the news did today. <laughs> is that even possible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. All right, take it easy. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at theboysandblue94. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.